Hi, this is David Shoemaker, and I'd like to welcome you to the latest installment of Living Thelema. Now, after several segments of the past few months where we focused more on um, sort of process issues in terms of your magical path, I'd like to return on this segment to something a little more uh, directly practical in a, in a ritual sense, and that is uh, the lesser ritual of the hexagram and the greater rituals of the hexagram. Um, this is uh, obviously sort of a complement to the uh, earlier segment we did on the lesser ritual of the pentagram. Um, I'm not going to go through this ritual line by line and, and do uh, an audio-only uh, kind of demonstration of the whole ritual. I think that would that would be of limited uh, utility. So instead what I'm going to do is walk through it in a skeletal way and make some comments at each at each phase on uh, the, some performance details, um, a little bit about um, the symbolism and the, the history um, where appropriate, and um, how to use it, you know, how to integrate the rituals of the hexagram into your daily practice or into construction of um, more complex magical uh, working of some kind. Now, we're going to start with the lesser ritual of the hexagram, um, which will lead into the greater ritual later. Um, just as the lesser ritual of the pentagram is designed to banish or invoke elemental energies, um, so is the lesser ritual of the hexagram designed to banish or invoke planetary or zodiacal energies. Now, um, a little bit of history. In the old Golden Dawn, um, the hexagram ritual would have been prescribed for the use of the Adeptus Minor, the initiate of uh, Tefereth. Um, the initiate at this level would have already completed a circuit of training that corresponded to the elemental degrees and thus to the pentagram. So they would have come through the entire First Order, have been working with pentagram formula as a daily practice, um, had, they would have been going through a transformative process, ideally, <laughs> Um, that would have equilibrated them in the uh, in the, the elements corresponding to the Sephiroth leading up to Tefereth, and uh, would therefore arrive at Tefereth um, to be initiated as an Adeptus Minor and be given the formula of the hexagram, which of course um, corresponds to Tefereth. Now, um, think about the sequence here. That so in this Golden Dawn style training system. Um, you're going to be working with the elemental energies and the lesser ritual of the pentagram for quite some time before even approaching the lesser ritual of the hexagram. I think it's important to note that if you're in such a system, if, if that is the training system you've enrolled yourself in, then you want to follow that. I, I would suggest that you work within the system as designed, as I've recommended in earlier segments, for the sake of internal consistency, for the sake of um, making the most of the training system that you've decided to pursue. So consult with your teacher um, on any of these questions um, before deciding how to proceed. Um, now, if, if you're not in such a system, you, it's much more likely you're going to be experimenting with these things in, in a sort of custom-designed order. And in the AA, this is approached in an entirely different way. As you know, uh, as you may know, the Crowley, when he designed the system of the AA, he essentially gutted the entire First Order process. I don't mean that to sound as critical as it, as it may sound, but uh, there just isn't a transformative process corresponding to the Sephiroth in the First Order in, in the same sense 
as you would have in the old Golden Dawn. He he essentially gave you some preliminary training in in probationer to get a baseline of personal practice, and then coming into neophyte, you were given a lot of the materials that would have been uh, assigned and and worked on uh, in the second order of the Golden Dawn, um, basic magical ritual formats and things, including the the pentagram and hexagram rituals. So. If you're working in the AA, you may encounter the hexagram ritual much earlier in your training than if you're working in a in a Golden Dawn drive system, um, where that may be uh, paced differently for you. In any case, there's certainly nothing to be afraid of with approaching the the hexagram ritual, uh, even though it was a, a much later practice in the Golden Dawn. The main point that I do want to make, though, is that you might find that you get the most out of the hexagram ritual after a good solid period of practice of, of only the pentagram ritual, um, you know, maybe, maybe six months to a year of really integrating the pentagram formula before moving on. And again, if you're working in a system where it's taught in a certain place in a certain way, um, follow that. Now, um, one important point I want to make about, uh, essentially every published version of the lesser ritual of the hexagram that I've ever seen, including Liber O, which is going to be probably your primary resource um, on the hexagram ritual and Thelemic writings. I want to make an important point about the attributions of the elements to the quarters in this ritual. Now, you may have noticed that in the ritual of the hexagram, as set forth in Libro and other published versions, the four elements are attributed to the quarters in a different pattern than they are in the lesser ritual of the pentagram. Um, now I am sure there's a diversity of practice on this point, but what I am here to tell you is that some of you may know I've, I've had a lot of my training in golden dawn derived Thelemic orders, uh, lineal descendants of the golden dawn and the oral tradition that we have received directly through, um, those channels and that we have found it important enough to talk about publicly is that, the published versions of the hexagram ritual use a formula of attribution of the elements that is incorrect for most practice. The reason behind this is that the published versions show the macrocosmic attribution of the elements as it would have been used within the second order vault of Golden Dawn. That is Yodhevave counterclockwise from the east. This would have been, this particular form only would have been used within the vault. Outside the vault, including for basic daily practice, unless you're in a space that is, for you, the equivalent of a second order vault, you want to use the same elemental attributions to the quarters as you find in the pentagram ritual. So air in the east, fire in the south, water in the west, and earth in the north. The hexagram forms, as they are shown in, in, in the diagrams in Libra O, are correct. So the hexagram that is shown as the air hexagram, that is the, the um, upward-pointing triangle with the sort of a mirror image, downward-pointing triangle below it, that's accurate. So the, the, the forms are correct, but just move them to the quarters that are uh, corresponding to the same... Uh, placement as in the pentagram ritual. 
Now, as I said, I know there's a diversity of practice here, and I'm certainly not suggesting that if you're in a particular tradition that's been taught to do it differently than what I've just described, you should scrap that and do what I'm saying. Um, I'm just communicating the oral tradition as we've received it and uh, suggest that you perhaps experiment with that if you wish. Okay, so with that um, general point made, I want to move on to outline the ritual and talk a little bit about uh, some of the performance details. Um, now, you start at the center of your temple, probably with an altar in front of you. Um, conventionally, you'd be standing west of the altar facing east. Um, you begin with the section of the ritual called the analysis of the keyword, I-N-R-I, etc. Now, some have complained about the use of what um, are clearly some old aeon forms in this traditional form of the hexagram ritual. For example, a, a focus on Osiris and the formula, an apparent formula of the dying god. Um, many have replaced the names used here with some more thelemically satisfying versions, and so I encourage you to experiment with that if that um, enables you to connect with the energy of the ritual better. Um, or, of course, consult your teacher for guidance on that. If you're in a thelemic-oriented Golden Dawn-style order, you've probably received some instruction to that effect already. And I'm not really here to argue doctrine about this, but uh, just pointing out that some have had some discomfort with the uh, with the forms used in the analysis of the keyword as it is conventionally done. Um, so you've, you've done your initial analysis, then you begin drawing the hexagrams, starting in the east, you're drawing the air hexagram in the east, as described in Liber O. As you can see in Liber O, the hexagrams are traced differently. The starting points are different depending on whether you're doing banishing or invoking. Um, so you move to the east from the center of the temple, draw the air hexagram, um, point your wand or other implement to the center, or just your index finger if you don't have an implement, um, and um, you vibrate... Ararita is what's given in the in most published versions. It has been published occasionally um, that the the full phrase that's referred to here, for which Ararita is an Atarakan, is Ekud Rosh, Ekudotho Rosh, Yakudotho Timaratho Ekud. And you may wish to vibrate this phrase instead of Ararita. Again, another thing to experiment with and see see what you like best. So you draw the pentagram, point to the center, vibrate Ararita or the equivalent, uh, draw a connecting line to the south, draw the fire hexagram, vibrate Ararita, and on from there, water in the west, earth in the north, complete the circle with the connecting line, return to the center of the temple, and close with another analysis of the keyword. I should also point out that the signs, the particular method of giving the signs that's given in published versions will vary in private versions. And um, if you're being taught within a particular tradition, of course, you'll be given a particular way of doing those signs, probably. So that's basically an outline of the lesser ritual of the hexagram. And uh, now I want to move on and show how that format can be adapted for what's called the greater ritual of the hexagram which would generally be used for invoking specific planetary, invoking or banishing specific planetary or zodiacal energies.
The greater ritual of the hexagram would begin with the analysis of the keyword, exactly as in the lesser ritual. Um, the hexagrams that you draw in the greater ritual are all the earth form, that is the conventional Seal of Solomon interlocking upward and downward facing uh, hexagrams, as is shown in Liber O in the illustrations. Um, at each quarter, you're going to draw the hexagram with the starting points um, differing depending on which planet or zodiacal region you're invoking. Those instructions are given in Liber O also. Essentially, you're going to be starting at the point that uh, roughly corresponds to the placement of the planets on the image of the hexagram itself, just like you'd held it up to the Tree of Life and uh, and uh, looked at which points were closest to which Sephiroth, the exception being that the, the Saturn um, point is top center, so you're sort of imagining that it's referring to the Supernals altogether. So the method of drawing the hexagram is in Liber O for the starting points. You draw the hexagram, then you would generally draw the planetary or zodiacal sigil uh, as appropriate to your working in the center of the hexagram. Point to the center and vibrate um, the divine name of the planet or ruling planet in the case of the zodiacal region. Uh, then the archangel of the planet, or the ruling planet, corresponding to the zodiacal region. Um, then Ararita, or the corresponding phrase. Now you also might want to use the colors that correspond to the planet or zodiacal region as you uh, draw the hexagrams to enhance the correspondences there. Now after you've drawn all four of those hexagrams, and again it's always the same form of the hexagram at each quarter. Some traditions recommend drawing a fifth hexagram done um, physically in the direction of the actual placement of the planet or zodiacal region as it is in the heavens at the moment of the working. So you'll need an accurate sidereal astrological chart um, of the time of the working or some other way of locating the planet via um, astronomical software or online resources. Now, here I have to tell you about a really cool app for the iPhone and iPad called Starwalk. Uh, if you haven't seen this, it's quite remarkable. But basically you uh, have a visual representation of the sky based on your actual location on the planet, actual time of day. Um, you can see the horizon. You can see the ecliptic, the placement of the planets, the zodiacal regions. And if you aim it in any direction, it will show you what's right in front of you or below you or above you. So this is a perfect tool for these kind of workings where you want to know the actual location of a, a body in the, in the heavens. One other point in general on the greater ritual in terms of the drawing and the hexagrams, you'll notice the, the method given for drawing the solar hexagram is almost impossible to read because there's so many uh, stages and uh, it's, it's really ridiculously and in my mind, honestly, unnecessarily complex. Um, I think it's perfectly acceptable, and I encourage you to experiment just using the unicursal hexagram for the solar hexagram when you're doing a solar invocation or banishing. Start at the top point of the unicursal hexagram and uh, move down into the right for the invoking form or down into the left for the banishing form. You'll notice, um, as Crowley himself comments, that you can draw the entire hexagram in one unbroken line. And uh, once you practice that, you'll 
have no trouble. Um, so then you close with the analysis of the keyword, just as in the lesser ritual. And that's basically an outline of the greater ritual. Um, now let's talk a, a little bit about how these rituals would be used again in, in daily practice, as well as, um, for constructing uh, more complex ritual forms, um, for daily hygienic practice, uh, a typical approach would be to do the lesser ritual of the pentagram followed by the lesser ritual of the hexagram. Now I'd recommend if you're, if you're doing this particular combination, I'd recommend, uh, doing the lesser invoking ritual of the pentagram and then the hexagram in the morning and the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram and the hexagram in the evening or alternate days invoking and banishing. I've found repeatedly and virtually without fail in myself and in the students I've supervised that too much invocation without the corresponding banishings um, will tend to trigger some irritability, insomnia, um, even frankly, slight manic symptoms in some people. I'm not trying to encourage you to be afraid of this stuff here. Just uh, use a balanced approach and you'll be fine. Balance out your invokings and your banishings. Um, and I, I believe I said this on the pentagram um, segment of Living Thelema that um, many have found that uh, doing heavy invoking close to bedtime is also a recipe for some insomnia, kind of too energizing or, or, you know, creating too many racing thoughts for some people if it's too close to bedtime. So there again is a reason for my recommendation of doing the invoking forms in the morning and then the banishing forms in the evening as, in terms of using these rituals as, as a daily hygiene. Now, uh, how would you use these rituals in the context of a more extensive working? Well, let's say you wanted to do an invocation of a particular planet, uh, planetary energy. So you, in a traditional structure, would start with the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram to clear out the uh, microcosmic elemental energy space, then a lesser banishing ritual of the hexagram to clear out planetary zodiacal space overall, um, followed by a general invocation, um, turning on the power to your, your, your working overall. Um, good examples of this would be, uh, the preliminary invocation from the Goetia. Um, the anthem from the Gnostic mass is a beautiful, um, example of, of a general invocation, things like that. The, the basic idea is, uh, undifferentiated spiritual power, something that really turns on the, the Jews after the general invocation, uh, you might have, um, some sort of uh, poetic specific invocation of the energies that you're wanting to invoke the planet. But assuming you wanted to use a hexagram ritual, then you would do the greater invoking hexagram ritual of the particular planet or Zodiacal region you're interested in. Um, then you, that sets up the space. So you've got the, the temple is infused with the energies that, sh that you're seeking to invoke. Um, then you would do the work of, the, the intended work of, of the ritual. So that might be the consecration of a talisman or uh, implement, uh, maybe charging a Eucharist for, um, you know, affecting a certain change within yourself. So you charge the Eucharist and then consume it. Um, you might have invoked the planetary energy to do a scrying of that uh, planet. Um, you might have invoked a certain planet's energy in order to do an evocation of a spirit harmonious with um, a particular planet. 
Um, in any case, you you do the work that you're there to do, and then um, then you do the corresponding greater banishing ritual of the hexagram of that planet, and some sort of license to depart at the end is always a good idea. Just to you know, if anything else is still hanging around after you've uh, done the the specific banishing, then this will really solidly clear out the space. So something like, in the name of Rahurquit, I hereby set free any spirits which may have been imprisoned by this ceremony. Depart ye in peace under your abodes and habitations, harm none in your passing, be there peace between us, and be ye ready to come when called. And maybe one solid knock on the altar to to really uh, nail it home, and that ought to do it. So um, that's an arc of a ritual format that you might want to use using pentagram and hexagram rituals. While I'm at it, I guess I could briefly outline how you would use these formats for um, an elemental working, which would simply be the um, LBRP, general invocation, the greater invoking pentagram ritual of the element. Then you do the specific work that you're there to do. Then the greater banishing ritual of the pentagram of the element and the license to depart. Now, the ritual framework I've just outlined there is an excellent way to develop uh, scrying skills, among other things, as I was discussing in the earlier Living Thelema segment on astral projection and scrying. Um, You can invoke the appropriate energies into the temple and then use that space as um, a chance to get more comfortable with the planetary or zodiacal region or elemental force uh, in question, um, cycle through all the elements, all the planets, all the zodiacal regions, do one or more scryings on each of them, and you'll essentially be building yourself an astral atlas of all these regions, and um, that will be an invaluable skill to develop. Um, And, of course, banish at the end of the scrying. So... um, some resources up on the podcast blog for today will uh, include uh, LibraO at Hermetic.com, always a great resource, and uh, a link to the Starwalk app. Um, I couldn't resist uh, plugging that because it's a really cool thing. 